This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Nally. Our guest this week is Tim Palmer, President of the National Association of Conservation Districts. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Syngenta, investing billions for innovation to tackle climate change. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with Iowa farmer Tim Palmer next. Syngenta is committing $2 billion for innovation to tackle climate change. The aim is to deliver at least two technological breakthroughs each year to reduce agriculture's contribution to climate change. That goal is matched by a drive to reduce the carbon intensity of the company's entire operations by at least 50% by 2030. Syngenta. See what innovative thinking and collaboration can accomplish. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. Following natural disaster in the Dust Bowl, the nation took action to develop conservation districts to work with landowners and preserve natural resources. Today, soil and water conservation is accomplished with a critical balance of government programs, employees, volunteers, and landowners. NACD President Tim Palmer says his group was working on sustainability before the word made headlines. We call ourselves the recognized voice for supporting locally-led conservation. And across the country, we have almost 3,000 conservation districts. Nearly every square foot of, of land in our country can be tended to through the help of a cooperator uh, by a conservation district. It's so important that over time, we have, uh, from that conservation district of that core partnership of uh, now it's NRCS and and the, and the soil and water conservation districts that partners have been added. The employees that, that work in those conservation districts have an association. They they work with things that make the district more successful. Our state conservation agencies have a relationship, you know, because uh, many states have in the United States have conservation as a priority to protect the capability of the soil and the landscape to produce food at the basic level. So those relationships have developed over time, and then as as other uh, uh, priorities come on board with, uh, it might be, you know, Iowa pheasants forever, quail, uh, uh, ducks. Uh, uh, so as other priorities come online from other entities, we have practices that a producer can adopt, that unfarmable areas are underperforming areas can be converted to habitat or some uh, water soil protection practice that has so many advantages across the landscape. So 2019 offered you drought and wildfires in the west. Then you had flooding in the Corn Belt and uh, across the tributaries that led down to the Delta. How do these weather extremes affect your mission? Well, we have practices that have probably offset some of the some of the devastation that could have happened our pl566 program that uh, federal funded flood protection systems that are across the country who knows how bad it could have been if those were not in place to help hold some of that water back in the in the missouri and the mississippi basins practices that have been developed uh, programs have been developed to do fuels mitigation on the in the west and those those are natural fire breaks you can almost see to the line where a producer has been using uh, a woodland practice program to help manage his timber track and that really made a difference we know what the effects are of of helping mother nature manage uh, the understory the 2018 farm bill is in implementation phase from a policy standpoint did you get everything that you were looking for we're very satisfied with the overall farm bill the way it ended up Uh, they incorporated many of our requests 
we had the capability to visit with a lot of Congress people over the past uh, several years during Farm Bill development uh, hearings. One of those primary ones is being able to graze CRP with no cost sharing payment, mostly because we know that for decades that farmers and ranchers and cattle have coexisted with wildlife. And so that natural grazing systems really do supplement a wildlife habitat area rather than destroy it. We have worked to make sure that our, the programs that we had during the past farm bill stayed around. Uh, CSP program, which is, is a, uh, a stewardship program that rewards producers for increases in, in stewardship that are managing their uh, farms to uh, not only maximize production, but to ma- maximize the natural resource protection. CRP is a part of that program. Uh, continuous CRP is a great program that allows us to target conservation where it's needed the most and on the side hills along the streams uh, those are all wins for NACD and one of the primary programs that we're using to help with the flooding effect and downstream protection of cities and farmland is the regional conservation partnership program it's been around since the last farm bill the funding had been drawn off of other uh, conservation programs but the new Farm Bill actually added dedicated funding at $300 million per year, which is more than we had before, and it allows us to continue to use that as a tool to offset the effects of Mother Nature. Policy is one thing, and you may have fared well there, but funding remained at the 2014 level. So again, thinking about the Farm Bill, the dollar number that you had in 14, you're almost going to be looking at the same amount through 2023. The question is, for NRCS and for the work that you have ahead, uh, is is that enough in terms of funds to be able to function? Well, from a boots-on-the-ground standpoint, for conservation operations, really didn't drop that much. It has been fairly level, but between the attrition, retirement, and those other things that affect our capability of, of providing the, the boots-on-the-ground for, for conservation, we're at a very low level right now. NRCS is well below what their cap is of what they have assessed as the need to provide the conservation guidance to conservation districts. So we're working through that. It's going to take a while to build that back up. I think the dollars will fix themselves. And part of the dollars that are, we're able to utilize for, for staffing come from accomplishing Congress's goals in the CRP, EQIP, or other conservation programs. Let's talk about cover crops. A lot of farmers have seen the advantage of using cover crops, but is policy through the Farm Bill as clear on that and as supportive on that as you and other farmers would like to see? I think that what we have struggled with is regional rules. With Crop insurance is probably the primary one. What would be the effects of, of a cover crop on the cash crop? How would it affect insurability? Uh, would it cause a problem with a producer that would cost RMA money or the local insurance company money to support a producer that's trying to adopt these practices? We're moving in the right direction. There's an understanding that to get to point B, we have to start at point A and understanding what the relative effects are, whether or not we're doing things at the right time that won't affect our cash crop. These are all things that are in exhaustive trials going on across the country right now. What's the best cover crop for my farm? When's the best time to put it in? Can I apply that with another practice such as uh, a second pass of nitrogen on my corn that reduces the cost overall because I don't have a second pass. I don't have another 15 or $20 an acre to apply it 
two or three weeks later, and and I still get the benefit. So those are dollar savings to a producer. They're dollar savings to the program. And if we can nail down the positive effects of, of the resiliency built into soil through soil health practices because of cover crops, it's going to be a win for everyone. At the USDA Outlook Forum, Ag Secretary Purdue offering goals toward reducing carbon emissions and certainly nutrient runoff. That sounds like something that NACD and farmers can help with. It is something that NACD and farmers can help with and have been working towards for a while. So one group that I'm associated with on behalf of NACD is uh, Ecosystem Services Market Consortium. And the idea that there's value in what a producer is doing to help reach the goals that uh, Secretary Purdue proclaimed, you know, uh, reduce greenhouse gas emissions, soil staying in its place, help offset flooding. All of those things are uh, should be valuable to a consumer on behalf of the producer. Sustainability is a word that's getting a, a lot more traction, not just across the country, but even on Capitol Hill. From your perspective, from NACD perspective, what is sustainability? That's a hard question to answer for me because I don't know that sustainability is the term that we really want to use. Sustainable means being here to do it tomorrow again, you know, uh, making sure that we're not backtracking. We can do a lot of things that help keep our yields going up, and it might be plant breeding. It might be uh, different packages of nutrients and things like that. But if we're not increasing our environmental presence, uh, uh, regenerating the soil back to to stages it was before we started affecting it, it, it it's going to be tough for me my, personally to say that being sustainable is is more than much more than the status quo. Tim, have you been involved yourself and has NACD been involved in this existing discussion thus far about climate change and policy? We have bandied that term about for a long time. And regardless of whether you say that it's a climate change problem or whether it's an emissions problem, the fact remains that our atmosphere contains the highest levels of carbon dioxide, according to NOAA, that have been able to be investigated since we have been on the planet. So whether or not you say that it's contributing to climate change, if we can reduce the levels of carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases in the atmosphere by managing our resources the best, the extraneous benefits will be pronounced. This past week, a new sustainability coalition made up of farm groups largely held their inaugural event up on Capitol Hill. Their goal is to keep agriculture at the table on climate debate. That's a place you've already been. How do you see this debate affecting agriculture and, and even the plight of NACD? Well, we're going to be part of that discussion by default just because we're so broad across the landscape. Conservation districts are going to be an integral part of working with producers as the local leaders that will help put new methods on the ground, help adopt new technologies that will help offset the greenhouse gas emissions. Whether climate change is the, again, if the if climate change is the goal, having the, the fact that this coalition has been formed to address a problem that we've been working on is a, a, a win, I think, overall for NACD. Harder to get agriculture policy approved on Capitol Hill because there's fewer uh, individuals elected that come from agriculture districts or have an experience in farming. So with that same thought in mind, what, are the, what challenge do you see for future policy, whether it's about a farm bill or whether it's on climate change or other uh, that would affect rural America. Some would prefer to see 
uh, programs uh, regulatory with an iron fist. Agriculture has enjoyed uh, the voluntary program. How do you see your plight ahead to keep your message current in front of the leaders in Washington? You're absolutely right that there's a problem with, uh, it, and it doesn't matter whether it's uh, Congress, uh, con- our, our people in Congress, our legislators, or whether it's just uh, um, a, a person that wants to be involved with a local conservation district, there's less attunement to uh, what rural America, what farming is like. That means we need to include more more uh, education, more advocacy on our on, on our part to make sure they understand the relationship between what we're doing on the ground, what we're doing that affects us as producers, that gives us a fighting chance to be successful as we move forward as farmers and ranchers, but also what that means to the consumer consumers of our product and making that relationship that we're doing this not necessarily just for us. It's for, for everyone. There's already been some discussion at the Department of Agriculture with farm groups, and we would expect that there would be continued conversation about what a new farm bill would look like and would future farm programs incorporate some of the practices that lead to better soil health or toward practices that are generally accepted as sustainable. Is this a positive or a negative? Positive. There's no doubt that uh, anything that we can do that helps the environment take care of itself, you know, whether it's soil health, whether it's working in concert with Mother Nature rather than than uh, trying to uh, work against it. Uh, uh, soil health might be one of those uh, activities. Nutrient management's another. All the things that we talk about from a broad landscape or international perspective, uh, greenhouse gas emission, Gulf Coast dead zones, polar ice caps, uh, all those things that are changing. We have a, a ability to aggregate the small targeted areas in, in our country uh, working through local producers to have an aggregate effect that will be overall positive. We need to make sure that our, our future farm bills recognize that and allow us to continue to provide the the, the guidance and the, and the programming dollars that are necessary to accomplish that. Tell me, NACD spring fly-in is coming up. How many will you bring, and, and what's your message for those on the Hill? We typically have uh, uh, close to 100 from across the country that, that come in. Some states have already been there. I know Idaho was, uh, was out in, in D.C. Uh, they took their delegation just before the NACD, NACD meeting in Las Vegas. Um, so they've had the opportunity to, uh, to visit uh, maybe not associated with flying, but utilizing those same the same talking points. Obviously, we want to make sure that current funding is maintained through appropriations. That we continue to increase the the, the availability of, of of our workforce through NRCS to make sure that we have the guidance available, that we have the boots on the ground at the local level uh, through our soil conservationists, our our district conservationists, our technicians. And, and the guidance at the, at the regional and national level to accomplish those uh, conservation goals. Uh, Tim Palmer, we want to thank you very much for taking time to be with us on this edition of Open Mic. It is Open Mic, and the Iowa farmer has the last word. Well, thanks, Jeff, and I really appreciate the time that uh, that you give me to, to visit with your listeners. Uh, uh, I just want to say that uh, in the relatively short time of serving my county, uh, my state, and country, I guess, as a local conservation district official, and I, I say that short because uh, uh, I've been doing this for about 15 years. But in my home county, we actually recognized two a while back that had been involved locally for over 50 years. Um, 
that's not uncommon across uh, across the country in conservation districts. Uh, just think of the changes that uh, my predecessors have seen: uh, conversions from uh, horses to to tractors, uh, transitions over time as we became more aware of the limits of of the land and tried to negate the effects of drought and flood. We've developed machineries and technologies and seeds that help us be more successful in the face of uh, uh, maybe a reduced, reduced soil tilt or soil health, now we're trying to work back the other way. And just think of uh, the gains that can be made if we if we marry uh, healthy soil with the technology we have today. Uh, conservation matters because conservation works. Uh, the conservation partnerships that were developed in the 1930s worked. Uh, it still works today. Conservation districts work with a broad section of environmental entities and the aggregation of the partners and practices have a broad effect uh, from rare species protection to water and air quality gains. Conservation needs at the farm level in each locality are the basis for conservation on the national scale. Uh, putting in one pond or terrace uh, on one producer's farm may not seem too much, but if you multiply that by millions of feet of terrace and, and thousands of ponds and structures uh, over the 80 years that we've been doing this, the results are huge. We add the soil health practices now to the mix. Uh, every plant grown is its own machine. It's a no. It's it's a it's a mechanism that's sequestering CO2 and building the soil for the next cash crop building resiliency into every square foot of the land. Now, we know we can't control Mother Nature, but uh, a well-rounded effort to continue to fund developing tools for the toolbox, boots on the ground to help producers take advantage will have huge huge, huge dividends. So, once again, Jeff, I appreciate the opportunity to visit with you, and and, and thanks for uh, having this time with me. Our thanks to Tim Palmer, President of the National Association of Conservation Districts, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Syngenta, investing billions for innovation to tackle climate change. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Nally.